Welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, a bi-weekly look at all things related to the growing elite clubs nationally, the ECNL. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. Now, here's your host for Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, former U.S. soccer press officer and longtime soccer broadcaster, Dean Linky. I am Dean Linky. super excited about today's show. As you all know, social media and marketing is so important for every brand and everything you do. I think it's fair to say the ECNL is front and center when it comes to social media and marketing. Jason Cutney, the boys commissioner, plays a role in it, but so does Andrea Wheeler, who has put her stamp on social media for the ECNL. Daryl Russell, the former pro over in England, who also played in the United States, now lives in Las Vegas, where he coached. He's an MC. He's an Instagrammer. He is another person that everybody at the ECNL looks to, along with Andrea and Jason. Also, as part of the creative team, Jacob Bourne plays a key role. So we end the show with an employee spotlight on him. That's right. Jason Cutney, Andrea Wheeler, Daryl Russell, and Jacob Bourne all on this week's show. And it starts after this message from the ECNL. As the game continues to evolve in the United States, the ECNL remains the standard of excellence in youth soccer. The Elite Clubs National League has grown to include over 200 clubs and nearly 50,000 players across the country. With a robust competition platform for teams, educational resources for coaches and clubs, and unparalleled identification and development opportunities for players. Alongside its member clubs, collaborating to create a better future, the ECNL continues to raise the game every day. The ECNL is more than a league. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Once again, here's Dean. This is Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We're getting incredible evergreen stuff from the ECNL Coaches Symposium and AGM under the bright lights of Las Vegas. I'm Dean Linky. Today, we're going to be talking about creative ideation within the youth soccer space to drive inspiration and engagement from players, connecting league and club marketing, how the gap between global professional superstars and super clubs and youth soccer can be bridged with creative content. A great topic and driving the conversation a man who I've got great respect for. He's the ECNL Boys Commissioner. He's quite good on the podcast as well. Talking about my mean man, Jason Cutney. Jason, great to be with you. And we've got two superstars all about creative ideation here today. We do, Dean, and thanks for setting this up. I think this is really fun for us because so much of what we've done within the ECNL is based upon what we believe will be fun and creative involving the, the kids in the league, you know, the players in the league. And so really when we started this probably three or four years ago, we really started talking about how to make the ECNL players feel like they were professional. And there's ways that you can do that through the on-field piece and, and how the setup of those events looks and you know everything that we do from the competitive platform, but so much of this is now in the social arena. And so a few years back, I was able to attend my first ECNL boys event as commissioner and reached out to just anyone that I knew in the Las Vegas area that was creative and fun. It happens to be Daryl Russell, one of our guests here today. And Daryl, I know from, you know, as a player, was at the highest level of the game. He played for Norwich, ended his career in the MLS with Toronto, but he also played for, I think, 150 clubs in between <laughs> those. Um, but just veteran in the game and someone that I truly looked as 
as a friend, but also someone who understood the direction that the game was going and how kids needed to feel professional. And so Daryl Russell is one of our guests here today. Daryl, you want to introduce yourself as well and, and any of those 300 clubs yep. that I missed? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm a former professional. I'm now turned to a coach and work with ECNL as an event MC. It's been a great journey so far in terms of the transition from playing and then you see the other side as a coach and then also now almost like almost like a bit of the business side of it from behind the scenes and in, in terms of how do you, you kind of encourage and, and develop players to want to be better. I think we've done a fantastic job over the last couple of years at the ECNL in doing that. Our other guest here today, it's interesting because when we brought Andrea Wheeler in initially, it was an interview for a boys specific position on the marketing side and we really didn't have a creative side of ECNL at that point. It was just the boys side and the girls side and the girls side had a marketing piece, the boys side did not. So it was very much just whatever worked in the moment. So we interviewed Andrea, brought her on board, and I think really just through her ideation, her creativity, and what she showed as her expertise, it just magnified everything that we were not good at. And really, when you find someone like that, you just need to elevate their position, and that's what happened. And she is now our creative director for all of ECNL, but I'll let her introduce herself as well. So like Jason said, I started with the league just on the boys' side, and it was you know very clear from the beginning that there was a difference on the girls' and boys' side. but what way better way to elevate the boys than to keep consistent with the girls and so we immediately I want to say what a month after I started was in the talks of like hey let's let's do everything let's do the boys let's do the girls we're all one brand and within about three or four months after my start with the league we created a, an entire creative staff and since then have been able to grow faster than we even imagined when we first started this. I'm going to let Jason drive a lot of this, but I do want kind of a big picture and not to sound like a sycophant, but when I do think about the ECNL, I must say, having been involved in soccer for a long time, since before you were born, probably, Andrea, <laughs> back in 1989, when I think ECNL and I think about what you do and what you do and even what you do, Jason, I think hip, cool, I think with the times, you know, identifying with the players as well. And that's part of your identity here, right? And these two are key players in it. Yeah, and in many ways, we try to channel what is going to work for the players in the league first and then really raise that up using the resources and the expertise that we have that they don't have, right? Every player in the game right now at the professional level seems to have a picture of them walking into the stadium holding their toiletry bag, right? That's the new thing. When I was playing as a pro, there was no toiletry bag, right? So, but that's a new thing. You have to accept that. You have to understand that that is what resonates with the kids because the kids see that at the pro level. And so little things like that, it's a you know, very minor example, but little things like that, getting that into the ECNL, making it a consistent approach across the boys and the girls has been what Andrea has really done quite well, right? Just understanding that there's one brand, as she said, it's the ECNL. That's not the way it was when we started this on the boys' side. It felt very disjointed. It felt like the girls had a brand and they were driving it in a certain direction and the boys had, I don't know if we had a brand yet, but we had something going, right? And, and we were trying to meld it all together but really, I think what stands out to this is that first event for me in Las Vegas where Daryl was involved, we kind of just sat down and said, what will work, right? We had no game plan, no strategy, because we didn't have an Andrea at that time. It was a truly blank canvas. We had just under 10,000 Instagram followers, so our race to get <laughs> to 10,000 was, was that event. But, you know, it was just kind of sitting down and saying, Daryl, what do you think works, right? And, and Daryl, you can talk about that a little bit, but yeah. we were on our own. We yep. were on our own island for that event, but... What stood out to you from that event that kind of lasts and stretches through what we're doing now? I think with the players that we had, um, it was a case of just kind of connecting with everyone. And, and 
me as a as a former player also it was a bit difficult to to bridge that with young young players what's going to be cool for them what they want to be involved in and i think we initially had that standoff like they'd never experienced the league that wanted to be involved in the player and actually talk to the player and actually want to have them interact with us and it took a couple of days and and by the final day people started to see us on on the social media platforms and started to interact with us and once they started to interact it all started to break break the ice and and i think over the the last few years now we've seen that be completely smashed and now we poison and players are now wanting to come up to us and want to talk to us but that first event was a difficulty in breaking that ice but we managed to get through it and i think people then had a uh, a common place or a common person and common people to kind of look to and go i i recognize that i i know that's part of the league can i be part of it and i think that's something that we've been really uh really good at doing over the last couple of years for sure so who gets credit for picking daryl i mean he's handsome he's an accomplished player he's got the english <laughs> accent he's everything i said about hip and cool who, who gets credit for that for picking him I regret bringing him on because he's better looking, he had a better, <laughs> better playing career than I did. And he's just, he has the accent, which I don't have. So, I mean, he checks all three boxes. It's one of those things, though, where, look, the, the players in the league, they will always, on the boys' side especially, we knew this from the get-go, they will respect and recognize someone who's performed at the highest level. And Daryl has that, right? He happened to be in Las Vegas, and our event at that point happens to be in Las Vegas as well. So the, the stars aligned. But it was very clear by day three that the boys accepted him. And he was going to be a personality and so much more than that. I mean, he has helped drive so much of the ideation here and what works. But he takes it from a different cultural background in, in the UK and what he's gone through there and brought that to the league. And you know, we're forever indebted to him for that. I think with, with Andrea, the interesting thing for us is that Daryl and I were both idea guys. And idea guys, the great thing about idea guys is that they come up with the ideas. You need execution. Terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> and we both look at each other sometimes like, this would be really cool. And then it's that moment of pause, like, how in the world are we going to get that done? And that's Andrea. You're right? and, and her team of, you know, Jacob and Jackie, they take ideas and they bring it to life. But then they also twist the ideas in ways that we would have not thought about. And I want to get to the ideas, but one more comment before we take our first break, because actually, Andrea, when I think of you, I think of these two guys. So I would have not been surprised if you had actually been the one that found Daryl. How awesome is it to have Daryl and Jason as the backbone of this execution? Yeah, I mean, originally I worked under Jason. So the first event I went to, he's telling me about this guy that he has come to the events and how great he is with the kids. And I'm like. But also Daryl. Also Daryl. I also talked right, about Right, yeah. Then, like, then there's this other guy, Daryl. But yeah. I was just like, this feels weird, Jason. Yeah. I, I, all right, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And after that first event, you know, like you mentioned, just one, just the respect the kids have for Daryl, but also he has that personality that when he's on camera, it's not weird or awkward. Or He also is a former player, so he knows how to relate to them like that, too. And immediately it was just everything just clicked. And, it, and since then we've been, you know, tweaking things and changing from here and there from how it was done back when they came up with it originally but it's just it's really worked well over the past year and a half now star-studded crew here daryl russell with the heat fc las vegas an accomplished pro big time mc and talent along with jason cutney the boys commissioner and andrea wheeler the execution person for everything social media we're going to talk about that creative ideation and everything they're doing on social media after we take a quick break it's breaking the line the ecnl podcast Nike is a proud sponsor of ECNL Girls. Nothing can stop what we can do together to bring positive change to our communities. 
you can't stop sport because hashtag you can't stop our voices. Follow Nike on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. From athletes just starting to turn heads to some of the best athletes to ever play their games, Gatorade shows that they are the proven fuel of the best. For the athletes who give everything, nothing beats Gatorade, the studied, tested, and proven fuel of the ECNL. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, collecting great interviews as part of the ECNL Coaching Symposium and the AGM. Dean Linky here with Jason Cutney, the ECNL Boys Commissioner, Daryl Russell, who's with Heat FC, but also one of the major talents and event MC for all kinds of ECNL events. And then Andrea Wheeler, who handles all the creative services for the ECNL. Jason I want to turn it back over to you as I really want to get into this creative ideation because the ECNL does such a great job on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, everything. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of that, you have to pay the respect to the ECNL girls' side. Really, that was the lifeline for ECNL boys. And so the ECNL girls already had a very strong following, a very great presence on social media. I think what we've been able to accomplish on the boys' side is, one, bringing that up to speed getting it to a point where people thought about the brand ECNL as opposed to ECNL boys and ECNL girls. And really that was the challenge because when we started this and when Andrea first got involved, there was the ECNL, which was the girls, right? And so it was hard because then there was ECNL boys, or at the time it was called boys ECNL. And so one of those first decisions was how to make it the ECNL gender neutral. Right? Just think about it as a brand. And so when we talked about that internally, the commonality kept coming back to the fact that clubs in this country want the same. They want to build a brand of whatever club XYZ that they work for, but they don't have the expertise to do it. And so as a league, we thought that that was a, a, an opportunity. There was a vacuum there. We could fill that with creative ideation, with, with assets, with resources. And so I give Andrea a lot of credit for a lot, I would say, because we owe her a lot. But one of the first things she said was, how can we produce assets that are helpful to the clubs? You know, and, and I, I'll let her dive into that a little bit, but she comes from a background in, in NCAA where she's helping build brands and establish schools as a uh, having an identity. Mm -hmm. We didn't have an identity. We're a bit disjointed, as I said earlier, a bit lost, but how we could use our resources to help the clubs and amplify the ECNL through their messaging. So I'll turn it to her because really that's one of the major components of what she brought to the league. Yeah, like Jason said, when, when I first started, even the social handles were the ECNL, which meant the girls, and then boys slash ECNL boys. And everything was just very disjointed from the beginning as far as, like, the website was different from the social media. And just there was a lot of things there. But like he said, credit to the girls for just being this phenomenal brand in recognition of name. But there wasn't that consistency online. And the perception is the reality. Everyone knows when speaking to other people about the girls and, and how great they are. But when they pull up their Instagram account and, you know, there was just a lot of inconsistencies and building that to be more recognizable whenever anyone opened their phone and they saw a photo, they'd be like, yeah, that came from, from the girls. That came from the boys. That came from the ECNL. And so the first thing I brought to the table was like, can we get rid of the ECNL and make it the gender neutral, you know, for all these other things like our podcast and just kind of streamlining things like that and then trickle down into the boys and girls and having them, you know, be equals versus a child to the mother as it kind of was when I first started. And then immediately I was, you know, recognizing that our, our clubs have a huge reach. You know, we, we reach the clubs, but the clubs reach the kids. And how can we get them 
to also just be a consistent brand. A lot of them, you know, it's, it's parents a lot of times that are running their social accounts or an assistant coach or a volunteer or something along those lines. So if we can give them assets that help them be consistent as well, it's the first time we did it and logged onto our account and just saw all of this consistency. It was just like, wow, like that's a huge reach. There's so many clubs and then the kids are resharing and, and the reach just kept going and kept going. So at first it was, a ton to do you know we we'll go to a girls event and we have to make like what 600 different things for every club it feels like but just to see the reach that that had and to keep our brand consistent in other people's hands also was, was just super powerful now clubs all the time are emailing me like it'll be six weeks before an event when, when are we going to get the stuff for the event and I'm like oh, it's coming I promise like it'll be ready the week before that definitely is something that we wanted to immediately start separating the boys and the girls as as their gender names and then starting this main the ECNL to, to help bridge that gap I'm going to have Jason and Daryl add on but I'm going to go back to you because okay. one of the things that I like about you is your creative flair it's always been there and then also you're direct you want what you want and you <laughs> go for it and I think that's important in that role talk about how you developed that when did you develop that creative flair and that ability to say hey we need to do it this way um I mean I think for me I started like Jason said in, in college athletics and and I was a college athlete I played softball so it wasn't one of those sports that necessarily got the bells and whistles and so when I started working that was like my main focus in the NCAA was how do I make it so that everybody feels the same so I you know I started doing that then and it's one of these jobs too where it's like everyone has a phone everyone can do it but does everyone understand it and so I, I just had to be standing up to the the coaches that were my coach a year before and be like no this this isn't gonna work anymore it was just something you had to kind of be confident in and you know spending tons of time doing research and being able to back up what you're doing just being able to bring that to anybody once you know what you're talking about it it's pretty easy to be direct in that sense but I'd say I've kind of always just been creative I went to art school for high school and then I was an athlete and this was like a didn't exist when I graduated college but I would say I was probably one of the in the first little wave of creatives in college athletics and after that I was like there's nothing else I want to do than this it's the only thing I know so it was an easy transition there to your point Dean Andrea was very direct in her approach she needed to be right and it's funny because the sports industry I've been in the sports industry all my entire professional life and it's usually a male dominated industry right and so any female that steps into that position like Andrea had has to be powerful and she was beyond that and actually the ECNL is is led by mostly females right which is awesome because they have that ability to step forward into the sports industry and change it Right. We talk about UCL being a game changer on the field and all these types of things, but it's really behind it all. Right? The, if, you, if you lift up the, the, the stage screen, like, it's mostly women that are running this company forward in a great direction. And so you know, when, when it came to the boys' side for us, yes, Daryl and I had a lot of ideas. We had to keep bouncing them off of Andrea so she could tell us if we were on the right path or not. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, with that first event, I, what I remember with Daryl especially was Florida a few years ago which was the first event where we did these featured matches and did it in a way that Daryl would basically become the person running the show, right? There, there would be a game, there would be two clubs playing against each other, but Daryl really stole the show. And, and he brought an idea that day which changed everything we did, which was just going on Instagram Live for the game, commentating. He is an unbelievable commentator <laughs> of the game. He is Arlo White times two. But Daryl, what did you say? I, mean, I think we learned a lot that 
event with yep. you interviewing players, you interviewing coaches, you having that ability to draw the crowd into it, which probably has led to what we see now with national selection games. First and foremost, I want to say I've been part of successful teams through my playing career. And the special part about being part of a, su a successful team is from the top to the bottom, you're one unit. And what the ECNL being the actual league that has, you know, hundreds of children uh, in terms of the clubs below, what they've done is been able to connect clubs to league. Whereas you see across the leagues, you can look at the Premier League or you can look at the MLS. There's still battles between clubs and the league itself, whether it be they want a break at Christmas or they want different games and they want, they've had COVID protocols. There's been, there's been that war backward and forward and everyone's going to have those, those kind of problems. But what the ECNL has done now is try to bridge that gap and, and, and create a complete community, which is unique from my perspective. I've never really seen, usually it's the league, we're, we're the bosses, end of story, you know. But what they've done is they've had trying to bridge that and go, we're a unit and we're a team working together across the country, because it's a huge country as it is, you know, and we're going to all try and drive it forward. And I think that's some of the stuff that, uh, that Andrea has, has, has helped with in regards to the, 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 the content that she's been able to give clubs. Now, look, we're actually helping you. We're, we're helping you drive your, your club, but not only drive your club, you're helping us drive the league as well. So it's that interaction that you get back and forward. And I think that then accumulates into to what we did with, 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 the, with the national selection games. We, we started the interviews, we started the live, and now parents are now messaging and saying, or, or clubs are messaging, are you going live with that game? You know, And they want the back and forth with us. And I think when you create that community feel, it, it's taken it to a special place. And, and players now feel special because I'm getting interviewed. You know, everyone wants to have that moment, that five Absolutely. minutes of fame. And I think we, we, we have, we've had some special moments with the national selection games recently where we, we, we've, we've had the, 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 the goal. We, we can talk about it, and I'm sure a lot of people know, but it just went crazy, you know, and uh, the players now feel connected. Whether they know players on the field or not, it's just taking it to another level. And I mentioned to, to Jason and Andrea at our last event, it's the first time I've seen coaches want to be interacting with the social media. And I hadn't really, My you always best. think of a coach, coach being a bit more standoffish, but yeah. now coaches are now recognizing, and that's part and parcel. You're bridging the parents, you're bridging the coaches, and now you're bridging players. I think once you get that, you've got a true community. So well said. Yeah, and that, and it's funny because it started in such a small, like we dripped that into what we did. ECNL in action, which is something that we use now to capture photos at events. Andrea and I talked about this when she first started, which, you know, we have myself, Andrea, and a small team on site. But then there's thousands of parents that are all holding cameras or phones and capturing video and pictures. And we said, how do we not involve them in what we do, right? They are capturing so much content that we just will never get. And so ECNL in action was the first option for parents to just basically say, you took a good picture, send it to us. We will then regurgitate that, put our branding on it, send it out and it's just lit everything on fire, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and sometimes those ones that we get, the kids love that even more. I mean, their mom, their dad, maybe their sibling took those photos, and it's just been really successful in that realm. But like Jason said, it's maybe five of us at an event sometimes, and there's, what, like 30 games going on at a time. We can't get to every game. So having the opportunity to include everyone it's just been phenomenal and i mean the the perception that we're building is the reality if if it's not on camera if it's not on social it didn't happen to these kids so for them to be able to relive these events and to show their friends and to post on their own accounts is honestly one of the most important things to them and you can tell that by how interactive they are now with our content and you know the more we're posting the more that they're excited and 
they're going up to Daryl and Instagram man like can I get on the Instagram and uh, they see like me or Jacob at the event and always asking for a photo how can we get these pictures like they they love to see themselves if it if they don't see it it didn't happen and so being able to do that for them I mean it's a service to the kids too they love being able to have that put it on their profile that they're sending the coaches to get recruited and even just like at our last event we did our featured matches a little differently with the on the boys side and, and these are great things that you know college coaches might see them doing our little takeovers and, and the girls do a similar thing every week and just seeing how good of kids these are too it's just helpful for them and we have that platform to let them you know be seen to the world daryl touched on it the power of going viral no matter what you're doing has such a big impact you oh, have yeah. multiple viral moments that's huge for the ecnl oh yeah i mean and like i said that perception is is the reality you know people see that game and the, the one in south carolina is the one he's speaking of specifically and I've never seen a college game like that before. It, it was insane, but that perception was built. So then the next game in Florida, it was freezing, Dean. It was so cold, but it was packed because everyone was like, that last game was so cool, so now they want to be there too. Yeah. And, and, and what we've found, I think, from, especially from the first event, because we keep going back to that first event, is you've got to remember the older boys, it was, it was foreign to them. And we're talking about the, the, the 16, 17s and 18-year-old boys or 19-year-old boys. It, it was foreign to them to have the social media situation, but that was three years ago. And the, the younger kids were the most interactive with us. Well, those younger kids now are the 17, 19, you know, 17s and 19-year-olds right now. So it's normalized for them. And, and, the, and what they've done is help break those barriers in terms of the, the younger guys coming after them. And now once those younger guys are now at these events, it's normalized to be part of the social media. I want to be part of it. But the, also the older ones now have been used to it for three years. So those, those barriers have, have been broken. And that has also encouraged the, the, the development on the social side. I do believe that one thing that will catch most people off guard, they don't realize how much work goes into this piece. Uh, we are on daily meetings every single day that go through just the marketing, just the social media, that creative ideation. And really it's the work that comes out of that every day is enough to fill multiple days. And it happens just every day because all we're thinking is how did it go well? How did it not go well in the last event? What can we do to take this to the next level? And the entire staff is behind this. Things like, you know, Jacob, who I know the, the listeners can't see Jacob right now. He's actually rolling around us, taking video of us. <laughs> very scary. Um, he's got a mask on. I'm intimidated. But yeah. the thing with it, like Jacob, his, his role is finding stories within the league, taking those stories and making them external, making everyone outside of just the ECNL interested in them. And that takes a lot of work, right? You have to pull and source those stories. You have to create, you have to go and get in contact with people and pull quotes and do everything. But all these pieces between Jackie and Jacob and Andrea and, you know, Daryl and Hutch on the girls' side, mm -hmm. there's so much effort that goes into it all that is incredible, but it all comes back to very simple things. What will work for the players? What will work for the clubs? If you win that, you know what will work for the league, right? We are an extension of those players and those clubs. They are part of our league, making our league what it is. We have to really celebrate that. I think a lot of things that is hard for some people to recognize also is that the kids are our audience. If the kids like it, the parents will love it. If the parents love it, the DOC will love it. It starts there. What is going to work for the kids? And sometimes that's different from boys to girls. Like we were just talking about the takeover we did for featured matches. They were different on the boy side than they are on the girl side. Things are just different depending on the kid and honestly the time of day. And so like Jason said, it, it takes a ton of work to just constantly monitor, like, is that old now? Is that 
you know, not cool anymore. And most of Jason's ideas are those not cool anymore ones. So <laughs> we have to <laughs> we have to tell him like Jason that. I mean, if I told Daryl last yeah, event. He was like, "Can I use this sound?" I'm like, "Daryl, that's like December. Like we're past <laughs> that now. That's not cool anymore." And I mean, it, it takes time to just constantly be on there and figure out like what do these kids like. And like I said, like they're our our goal. If we get them happy, everyone else around them is. The special part as well is it's, it's very surgical in what they're talking about because on the girl side, you can have someone that does something similar like me, like Hutch. Mm -hmm. And what works on the girl side, and I think she's fantastic what she does on the girl side, oh, yeah. it doesn't necessarily work on the boy side. They're and and, cool. and what we do on the boy <laughs> side wouldn't work on the girl side in terms of the, the social media and the interaction you have to have with boys might be a little bit different than you do with girls. But they pay that much special attention into being really detailed in the work that what works for this side as well and what works for the, for the boys side is special so there's a, a lot of work goes on in the background and Andrea's a tough character because I mean when I first like <laughs> I, I say to you when I first came on board she probably questioned and looked at me a little bit but I think slowly we've I, got I a great that look too yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> <You've had> <laughs> <laughs> but I think she realized after a little interaction with players and she realized the value that I might bring as well do you know what I mean and, and there's a lot of times I go to Andrea listen teach me tell me what works what, yeah. what goes on because she you know you can see the value that she has and, and the understanding that she has in it as well awesome we're talking creative ideation which I think the ECNL is the best at it I do appreciate Andrea no offense Jason but I already knew I brought the cool meter down. Mm. I'm glad she said you also <laughs> brought it down a little bit she gave as that well. Look that, the look that you guys just talked about, she gives that to me every day. So it's, it's, I'm used to that look. That's the only look I know. The great thing about creative means you're having fun. We're having fun. We're going to take one more break and be back to wrap it up. Talking creative ideation with Jason Cutney, Daryl Russell, and the talented Andrea Wheeler. Soccer.com is proud to partner with the ECNL to support the continued development of soccer in the U.S. at the highest levels. We've been delivering quality soccer equipment and apparel to players, fans, and coaches since 1984. Living and breathing the beautiful game ourselves, our goal at Soccer.com is to inspire you to play better, cheer louder, and have more fun. Visit Soccer.com today to check out our unmatched selection of gear, expert advice, and stories of greatness at every level of the game. ECNL Boys is partnering with Puma for the second year, driving sport forward with the leading products and the next generation of pros who wear them. Puma has proven themselves as the fastest sports brand in the world, the fastest innovation, the fastest players, and the fastest products in the game. They're the perfect partner to complement the speed and talent of our teams. In keeping with their mantra of forever faster, Puma introduces the world's fastest boot, the Ultra. The only boot engineered for speed, the Ultra combines a woven upper with a lightweight outsole for direct forward motion, speed, and acceleration. It's the best in the game, designed for the best players in the game. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. We're here in Las Vegas at the ECNL Coaching Symposium and AGM. Today's topic, creative ideation with three big-time talents. Jason Cutney, the ECNL Boys Commissioner. Daryl Russell, who's with Heat FC, but an established pro at so many great clubs over in England, as well as in Toronto with MLS and even Tampa in the NASL. Does a great job emceeing everything. And then Andrea Wheeler, Director of Creative Services. And one of the things we did want to talk about is how the gap between global professional superstars and super clubs and youth soccer can be bridged with creative content. This is an interesting one for us because when we first started this, we, we spent a lot of time looking at Instagram handles from professional clubs and leagues and what 
stood out about those different handles. And I think one of the things that was really, uh, for me anyway, was interesting was when you go to their Instagram page, their, their grid, you typically see consistency through it. Right? You see a common thread, a theme, the filter that's used on the images, the branding where it's located on those pictures. We didn't have that on the ECNL side. Right? So if you went to either the girls or the boys at that time, there were definitely inconsistencies, but there were glaring inconsistencies across that board. Right, so the, the girls did not look like the boys. They looked actually competitive in some ways. We had to take deliberate steps to make sure that that was no longer the case. Andrea was responsible for that, right? Bringing our identity out through social media. So clubs go through this all the time. They try to post what they think will resonate with fans. Those fans for them are parents, right? Customers in their marketplace. We had to look at it a little bit differently. We have to take the brands of those clubs through our filter as a league and pipe them out to the world. I think that was probably what stood out for me initially was when we looked at La Liga, when we looked at the EPL, when we looked at those top level leagues and just and outside of soccer as well. But then when we looked at individual clubs like a, a Hot Spurs or, you know, what are they doing? If you go to their grid, does it look consistent? At that time it didn't, now it does. And, and Andrew can probably talk about that way more than I could. Yeah, I would say that, I mean, I honestly started with the league at probably the best possible time for my position. I think the week I started, they went through a rebrand. So although I didn't know much about the brand at the time, it was it was kind of a blank slate and an perfect opportunity to start making things more consistent across the board. You know, we didn't have a lot of consistency in the type of things we were putting out, when we were putting them out, how we were putting them out, and just something that simple and making our brands more of siblings versus yeah. in competition was, was something that I really wanted to focus on right away. And when it was just me, it was a little more difficult to keep up with the frequency, but to me it was, you know, protecting the brand at, at all costs was the most important thing. You know, if we had to lower the frequency, then we just had to until we could get to that point where, where everything was in the same family. With the social media side of things, Andrea brought up our level hugely in terms of even things like framing of pictures, it, just the small little details of what it looked like originally. It looked very amateur and ad hoc to a certain extent. We had the good content, but how could we bring it up a level or two? Just some of the, the, the details that, and, and we have to talk about it, it's details. Details is, is always the thing that takes everything to, to another level. And the details that Andrea brought and, and the team brought together for us in, in terms of how we develop the social media has been, has been fantastic. It's interesting because Daryl now is really our, it, it's become the, the point where Daryl is our Instagram story personality. And <laughs> when it started, it was Daryl was our Twitter personality and our Instagram and like, oh yeah, by the way, there's Instagram story we have to worry about. And then do we also have to worry about Facebook? Like, how do we handle all this? And it was just all over the place. I think what Daryl can, can speak to though is that we figured out through Andrea's work and her team's work that there's a personality within each of those social spheres, right? So what you do on LinkedIn is way different than what you do on Facebook. It's a different demographic. There's different times of the day that you post. You can't post the same thing on Twitter that you do on Instagram. Otherwise, you're just going to lose the followers. There's a lot of these little things that came through this work that helped us create a unique personality so that someone following us on Instagram is going to get entirely different content and feel when they go to Twitter. But, you know, Daryl, for us on the boy side, Instagram story is is Daryl. And I think that's what he can really touch on now is that how we created that persona within one of our social spheres. Yeah, I mean, the, the Instagram part is, 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 is just a, it's a natural feel, you know, is how do I respond to what's going on during the day? How, how do we interact with individuals? And, and it gives, a, I think it gives everyone a live 
video or a live live footage of of what's happening on in the event what what's naturally happening and i think sometimes that's almost like reality tv these days that's what the instagram gives us is the reality of what's going on in the event during that period of time people generally have a great affinity to to reality whereas where we have more structured content with on a twitter we can have hard information hard facts what's going on in the game who scored the goal that's a different feel but sometimes people want to see reality tv and that's what the story and also the grid to a certain extent with the photos is reality what's happening who's scoring who's who's taking making a great tackle who's been making a great save and he's been captured in live motion and they're probably posted within an hour within an hour of it being taken so it's, it's, it's fresh it's, it's instant news right there in your face as quick as anything yeah, I mean, like Daryl said, the the frequency of reposting, I mean, I looked back before, and sometimes they were doing, like, their event recaps, you know, a few days later, but it's it's one of those things that, you know, in work, my experience in college athletics, if it wasn't out within 24 hours, it it's dead. It's old news. And so that's something that we really, really try to focus on. But also, Daryl posting on our Instagram grid is never going to happen. <laughs> There's just, you know, and this was something that was hard for me when I first started because I worked in college athletics and I never felt old until I started working for the UCNL because I had big success in the college world on Twitter. Mm-hmm. These kids do not care about that as much. So, Correct. you yep. know, yep. going through those analytics and recognizing that a lot of our Twitter followers are our coaches, our DOCs, our parents, our adults. And so having to cater the type of content that goes on that platform, you know, I, I had to adjust to that pretty quickly. The kids, they want to see themselves. So they, they live on our Instagram. And like Daryl was touching on, you know, our Instagram story is our live view of what's going on. And that is, you know, how he reaches the kids that's how he reaches the parents that's how he reaches the clubs at an event the other stuff we wanted to to live forever his is gone in 24 hours and and we repurpose it for other things um the girls we actually started a vlog this season where everything that hutch and now tori mccool are also a part of we want theirs to live forever the, the girls love that but again you know how we talk about differences the boys would never watch that so just recognizing our audience and and then the difference in boys and girls and a 13 year old and a 45 year old and that was something that you know took a few months of just researching how our stuff works and what does well but then just constantly keeping up with that because social media changes every day we wake up it's different i think andrew's touching on this social media and what is right for the moment changes so quickly and it's it's a case of what we're doing today might not be working in six months time and 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 it'll be a different it would be a different evolution in how we, we we maneuver that but the detail that the guys are talking about on a daily basis is they're always testing they're always probing they're always looking pushing how can we develop this further and you know we've coming up with new ideas and we have new ideas that might be used might not be used in the, in the future but it's always pushing for more uh you know go back to always be more but like yeah that. but <laughs> but um that, that's what they're always doing and, and and it's always looking for that next level and how can we we increase uh, as a team, I guess, you know, the interaction through the clubs and, 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 and through the league. And as I go back to what I said originally is I haven't seen it before is how close a unit, the, the clubs, the players, parents, coaches and the league are interacting. And I think it's, it's, it's extremely unique. We're in Vegas, right? And we're here as part of this ECNL coaching symposium and AGM. A few years back, this was a much smaller event than it is now, right? It, it has become a thing. This is a real thing. We have top presenters from around the world coming in, all part of this brand called the ECNL. That brand didn't really exist a few years back. There was the ECNL girls, and then there was, oh, by the way, the ECNL boys. 
now it's this ECNL thing. The, the clubs and the way we bridge the gap across the boys and the girls has been very valuable, but we didn't have this size and this scale and this scope a few years back. Clubs now rely upon the league to provide them with assets so that they can be bigger and stronger, right? And you take it back to development of a soccer player. The club is trying to provide a player with a pathway to be bigger and better. We are trying to provide the same platform for the clubs. And if we do a good job of that, then our league will naturally move in the right direction. If we don't and we fail, then we have to go back to the drawing board, which we do every week, and figure out what didn't work well and how we get better. But the breadth of what we cover in the programming is really just a reflection of what we're trying to do for the clubs. You know, how do we make them better? And with Andrea here and, and her entire creative team here, there's so much that we'll pull from just this event alone that we will help push out to show why the clubs are so important. And I think for me, that's probably the best lesson that we've learned with this is it's not about us. It's about the clubs. It's about the players. How do we bring them to life? Yeah, I mean, like Jason was saying, just this event alone and any of our events, the, the level of play, the level of events we put on are through the roof. And how do we get the world to see that? How do we, the easiest way is social media. I mean, you can only have so many people show up at this event. You can only, there's so many, certain amount of teams that come to each national event. But how can we show the world essentially what we're doing on the daily and that's you know reflected in our social media i guess for me having this event obviously in, and, and in vegas is, is, is a is a big one because vegas is, is a special place for everybody you know and, and it makes an easy trip for everyone to want to wanna come here and vegas has has a as an allure that is as special as as the league you know and i think when everyone comes here it's an opportunity for all the coaches to get together at this meeting. It gives us a chance to actually interact with each other. Not only we get to see how other clubs are doing it, you know, when we're usually at events, we might be, as a coach, you might be battling against a coach, you know, but this is the first time you get this. And, and I mean, how many leagues bring everyone together like this to go, you know what, let's network, let's sit down, let's talk, let's educate. The league is educating, but not only educating, giving you an opportunity to, to, to mix together as, as coaches and have those conversations. And as a, as a former professional, I miss that to be able to speak to others. I have phone calls, but I don't ever get a chance to sit down and talk about what are you doing, why are you doing that? And this is a special event for everyone. So it's not just the social media. It's, it's about everything that the league is doing in terms of bringing everyone together and, and, and creating a truly strong bond. Finally, as we wrap up this incredible session on creative ideation where the ECNL is mainstream, they are rolling. Jason Cutney, another part of the social media platform is in fact this podcast it's clearly not as cool as you guys are but <laughs> i do want to say this jason cutney you've really embraced this podcast and you've been an outstanding host on the podcast outstanding ideas as well i know you see it as another vehicle to get the word out we thought initially what could we do that's different than what we're doing right now the podcast in, in a big way was your idea as well dean and bring this to us and you being the host of this thing has brought it to life, right? In the same way that bringing Daryl and Andrea and, and Jacob and Jackie and AA and Hutch and all these different people have brought these social sides of life, you've brought this to life for us in a new way. And you're reaching audiences. Look, we had Alexi Lalas, we had Grant Hill, we had Anson Dorrance, right? We have, we have all these people that are just big time personalities, bigger than the game, but they're interesting. 
right? They podcasts are huge now, right? I, I listen to the Jocko Willing podcast. Just sit down and just kind of zone out for a bit and listen and learn and, and enjoy. And I think that's what life is about, right? We're just trying to help people enjoy life in a new way through the game of soccer. And that's what the podcast has done for us. Like Jason said, you know, it's just another avenue to reach people. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Facebook. There's so many ways to reach people these days, but there's everyone is almost, you know, in their lane. There's people that love podcasts, and now we can reach them this way. It was kind of interesting to me to, you know, look back at the numbers as they were rolling in after we started the podcast. And for a while, a lot of kids were even listening, um, and I thought that was really cool. And this is, you know, definitely something that, that can again, reach all over the world. Anybody who has a phone or has the internet can listen to our podcast and hear guests from all walks of life tied to the league, tied to the sport, and just tied to, to the game. I'm going to add to that. The, the social media, the podcast, the Instagram, the, the Twitter, it gives an authenticity. There's a lot of sometimes people have rumors or they think something's going on, but with those avenues, it allows you to truly give authenticity and, and, and a detail coming from the actual true voices. You're, you're hearing from the commissioner. You're hearing from Andrea, the social media, and, and, and you're hearing it from the actual, it's not hearsay, this is what they possibly might be doing. And, and, and when people have that authenticity and, and, and it's really genuine, it, it takes everything to another level. You actually believe in it and you, you, you actually get a true understanding rather than listening to the other parts. So I, the, the value of, of all of these different mediums has in terms of giving people a, a true connection is truly special. It's last word time. We'll go Andrea, we'll go Daryl, and then we'll go Jason Cutney for the last word. The topic's been creative ideation. It is a big weekend as part of the ECNL Coaches Symposium. Your last word on this topic, Andrea, maybe as you end, remind everybody where people can <laughs> be found on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll lead with that. You know, you can always follow us on all of our social platforms. The, follow our girls at ECNL Girls, the boys at ECNL Boys, and now our new, as I just called, the main the ECNL across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Listen to our podcasts on Apple and Spotify. Jason's favorite, our LinkedIn at the ECNL. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's been great. It, like I said, I started at a great time when we rebranded. And so the, the brand identity that we have now just feels like my baby. So being able to see it grow and grow faster and better every time we try something has just been phenomenal. For me, just to be... Uh hipper cooler make sure that uh, i pass andrea's uh, tests <laughs> but no just to keep growing obviously just to keep pushing and 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 you know keep connecting with everyone it's just about having fun right i think a big part of it is fun and we lose that sometimes in the grand scheme of things it's always about what's next and what are we going to do to do what sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and have fun and i think the one thing that stands out for me with daryl with andrea it's fun. We have a relationship that's fun. And so we like to bust on each other. We like to just kind of point out each other's insecurities <laughs> like Andrew does to me, but in a fun way where we're actually going to rally and get behind something and do something and get better. And, you know, she said the sibling phrase before with the, the, the boys and the girls. That's what we all have here. That's why it's fun. That's why we get better because we are trying to be competitive as siblings. And at the end of the day, you know, arms are locked and you move forward together. I had so much fun with three beautiful, creative people with one ugly duckling. Thanks for letting me <laughs> join in as well. Daryl Russell, Andrea Wheeler, Jason Cutney, outstanding edition of Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Thank you. Thank you. As the pleasure was mine, spending time with Andrea Wheeler, Jason Cutney, and Daryl Russell. You heard all three of them also mention several other key names, including Jacob Bourne. We're actually not done. We were able to sit down one-on-one -on -one with Jacob Bourne, another key member of 
the creative team for ECNL. My visit with Jacob Bourne after this message. The ECNL is pleased to announce Quick Goal as the official goal provider and partner for ECNL Girls and ECNL Boys, a new partnership created to support the growth and development of the country's top players, clubs, and coaches. At all national events, including national playoffs and national finals, the Quick Goal Coaches Corner will provide hospitality and social space for ECNL girls, ECNL boys, and collegiate coaches. Quick Goal will also be the presenting sponsor of the National championship winning ECNL girls and ECNL boys coaches of the year and the ECNL girls and ECNL boys goals of the year. Quick Goal looks forward to helping the ECNL continue to elevate the standards of youth soccer and provide more opportunities to players on and off the field in the coming years. Welcome back to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast, evergreen material from the ECNL Coaches Symposium and AGM in Las Vegas. Time for an employee spotlight, so please be joined by Jacob Bourne, the communications manager for the ECNL. Jacob, welcome to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, let's get to know you a little bit. How long have you been working for the ECNL? I've been here for just more than a year. I started actually on New Year's Day of 2021, and so it's been uh, it's been a really fun uh 13, 14 months since I've joined the league. Jacob Bourne, let's get to know you a little bit better. Your elevator speech, and please be unabashed. We're going to learn all about you. Absolutely. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I lived there the first 18 years of my life. That's really where I kind of fell in love with sports. I played pretty much anything that I could when I was growing up. I played ice hockey. I played basketball, baseball, soccer, ultimate frisbee in high school. And so for me, it was always about sports, and it was always something that I loved doing. And so actually the funny thing about soccer is though is that that was probably the sport that I was least interested in growing up. I actually stopped playing when I was in sixth grade because I thought it was too much running. I hated <laughs> running without a purpose and it was just one of those things where I wasn't necessarily skilled enough in soccer and so it was just one of those where kind of and once I got to middle school I was done with it but as I got into high school I really enjoyed falling back in love with soccer. High school is where I learned that I wanted to do journalism and do writing and so my junior year, actually, I covered the St. Louis University High School soccer team for the student newspaper. And it was a great experience for me because I got to know the head coach and got to interview him a few times. I really kind of started learning that this is what I wanted to do with my life was doing journalism and writing. And so at the same time, it was right around the World Cup. I believe it was the 2010 World Cup. That's where I really came to know the U.S. men's soccer team. Clinton Dempsey was on the team. DeAndre Gedlin, I think, was on that team. He may have been the year after, but both of those guys were at Tottenham Hotspur. So I adopted them as kind of my EPL team and just really fell into the sport again. I went to Marquette University in Milwaukee for college and did journalism with a minor in marketing. I covered the women's soccer program there. It was fantastic. That was back when they had a run where they made four Big East championships in a row. And so my junior year and my senior year, I really followed the team, and that was such a good time. It really helped me hone my skills as a writer. And eventually when I graduated from Marquette, I knew that I wanted to work in sports. So I started out with the St. Louis Rams, working corporate communications their last year in St. Louis. After that, I went to the Washington Nationals and did baseball communications for a year. Once that was finished, I knew I was ready for kind of for a full-time gig, and I was fortunate enough to get a job with the Philadelphia Union in 2017 working as their content manager. And so that was an incredible experience as well because this was my first time working in sports full-time with a salary and kind of going in not like actually having real responsibilities rather than somebody telling me what I should do and being able to tell those stories of the team was incredible all those guys that were on that team was uh they're amazing to work with and we had so much fun my boss 
his name was also Doug, Doug Vosick. He really like let us grow as a department and really basically said, there's no bad ideas, do what you want. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. And so I feel like that really kind of lend itself to what we do here at the ECNL, the same kind of mentality is that we're going to try something. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But otherwise, like there is no bad ideas. And so that makes it feel natural while I'm here. And, and I spent a year with the team there. And then I got a job with the Iowa Wild of the American Hockey League out in Des Moines, Iowa. I was there for two and a half years, parts of three seasons with the club. And then when the pandemic hit, I met my fiance in Des Moines. And so we ended up having to move from Des Moines in April 2020 down to Mobile, Alabama. So that's where I live now. I live in Alabama. That was kind of my opportunity to take a step back and see if I wanted to still work in sports after living in six states in seven years and bouncing around between all these different leagues. I did. I did try to get out of soccer and get out of sports and, and work for a, kind of go corporate, if you will. But there was something that just said, no, your time's not done in sports. And I ended up finding the UCNL. We went through the interview process and really fell in love with youth sports again. That was such an informative time of my childhood was playing sports with all my friends. And so being able to tell now those stories on the opposite side, I think is something that's really exciting. So that's my elevator pitch. That's kind of how I got around soccer. Uh, it's one of the sports that I, I consider it one of my favorite sports, if not my favorite sport. And so just being able to, to work here day in, day out with all these great people has been fantastic. I like your path. Let's go back to the Philadelphia Union. Mm -hmm. What was your best memory during your time there that one year? Oh, man, there were so many good memories. I think we had a decent U.S. Open Cup run. We made it to the quarterfinals where eventually we lost to New York Red Bulls in penalty kicks, which was tough, but that was really fun. Uh, the last game of the year, we ended up beating Orlando City 6-0, and C.J. Sapong set the record for goals in a single season for the Philadelphia Union, which was really cool. There was a night, it was 90s night. And we had C.J. Sapong film a video leading up to it where he basically shot for shot reenacted the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song <laughs> at our event. And it went viral. It was one of the best thing videos that we did that whole year. And then that game, he comes out and scores the first hat trick in Union history. And wow. we ended up winning 3 nothing. And so it just, it was a lot of, it was an up and down year. We had a lot of good stretches. We had a lot of unfortunate stretches, but we did a lot of really cool things off the field. The front office was really excited to do stuff. One of the things that I was really proud of is we founded and started the chief tattoo officer. So we brought in a, a tattoo artist to specifically work with athletes for the union and the, um, and the front office employees. And so I got to really work closely with that tattoo shop. And that's something that I was really proud of during my time there. One of my favorite players all time is Raymond Gaddis. Did you ever get to know him when oh, you were Ray there? Gattis? Oh, he's a beauty. He's such a good dude. Yeah. He's one of those guys that shows up to the uh, fields every day, and he was super excited to get to work. He was super excited to be out on the field and just a guy that gave everything for the crest. I mean, he was such a locker room guy, and I remember when he retired. Like, you could tell when he retired a couple of years ago, everybody loved him, and it wasn't just in Philadelphia. Everybody in the, the entire MLS loved him too. He comes through the Super Draft and was just a union guy through and through. And he was just a really good dude to work with on and off the field. I don't know if you know, he came out of retirement. He's going to play for Cincinnati this year, by the way. I did not know about yeah. that. Oh, that's yeah. actually really exciting for him. It is. And he's continuing to do great things in the inner cities and mm -hmm. bringing in pitches and just a quality guy. Okay, so you're in Philadelphia, and no disrespect to Iowa, <laughs> but that is a completely different spectrum. What was it about that job that said, hey, I want to try this? Hockey has always been something that has been really near and dear to my heart as well grew up playing the sport and so there was an opportunity to move to Iowa the minor league hockey team for the Minnesota Wild and for me I liked living on the east coast but it was a little far from home for me and I've always felt like I'm kind of a midwest kid so it was really just an opportunity for me to dive into another sport that I really loved and also to get closer to home it was a step up for me it was moving from a content coordinator to a media relations manager so a different skill set but really it's just another opportunity for me to really grow myself and kind of move 
back closer to home and work in hockey. And it was it was a perfect move for me because I move out there. Two months later, I, I meet my now fiance and we started dating and we spent two and a half years there. Made some really good friends, have some fond memories. We went back in September because she had to go up there for work a little bit and we got to hit up all of our old uh, stopping grounds, go to a couple of restaurants that we really liked, see all of our friends. And it was it's a place that we were really excited that I was able to move out there to. Yeah, it was just a great spot. So she gets this job in Mobile and you say, all right, I'll go down there and make something happen. Yep, exactly. Moving in the middle of, of the first couple of months of the pandemic was not something I recommend to anybody. Yeah, basically, I mean, we when we started dating, she, she works in TV, I work in sports. We're like, our jobs are going to take us all over the place. And so either you're with it or you're not. And both of us are like, we're, we're with it till the end. And so she got this job. I didn't know what was going to happen in the AHL with the pandemic. They had shut down. There were a couple of talks about possibly rolling back hours. And I was just like, this is a good opportunity for me to expand my horizons, maybe work outside of sports because I'd only worked in sports up until that point. Moved down to Alabama and I was out of work, unfortunately, for about six, seven months. And then I was applying to a whole bunch of different jobs. And there were a couple like advertising gigs that they just, you know what, we're, we're going to go in a different direction. We liked your resume. We liked your energy but unfortunately just wasn't the right fit and then I start working with the ECNL or I apply with the ECNL start talking with them and I was thinking maybe I'm not done with sports yet and then they extend the offer and I was like all right let's go all right so tell us what things you do in this job what are your responsibilities so I'm in charge of the website I do a lot of the website maintenance a lot of the uh, upkeep of both the boys and girls and the ECNL website whenever we go to events I write all the stories for those events uh, I interview players I interview coaches I'd write feature stories on all of our clubs and, and our athletes and our coaches as well. And then I assist with our social media. It's kind of a collaborative effort between our creative team. So one or three of us is going to be running socials. Basically anything that you see that run through our social accounts, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, comes through one of us. So I, I assist with that. I help a little bit with doing some video work. Mostly that's Andrea, but I, I will assist in some ways. I do some photography at the events as well, which I've really come to enjoy. That's not something I did before I got here but I really enjoy taking photos of the players and just covering events like that. Having been with the ECNL now well over a year, when you hear the ECNL, what does that mean to you? I mean, it's the top. I mean, it is the best of the best. Our athletes are the ones that they've dedicated themselves to the game of soccer, and they want to make sure that they're the best they can be on and off the field. And so what I really is enjoy about this job is that we show that they can do all the things that they put their mind to, that they show that they can be the best and they dedicate themselves to being the best. And that's what's really great about this event as well is that it helps give the coaches the tools to be able to bring out the best of their athletes and their players and continue to show that we're the top of the pyramid and we're going to be the best for the years to come. Here with Jacob Bourne with the ECNL. Yeah, you mentioned this event. There are a lot of big timers here. How's it been for you? It's been great. I mean, Obviously, last night, everybody's rolling in, and so you get to meet with coaches, coaches that you may not have seen at events for six, seven months now, and being able just to meet with them, chat with them, and uh, it's been really good. And then now we're excited about the, the podcast that we're going to be filming today, and for all the speakers that are going to come through, I think we've got some great guest speakers that I'm really excited to hear, Doug Lemoff. I mean, we've had him on the, on the podcast a couple of times, but... Having him here in person, I think, is going to be really exciting. Cody Ganey as well. I know that there's a lot of excitement around his uh, speaking today and tomorrow. So I'm just really excited to see all, all these coaches lend their expertise to all of our coaches and uh, being able to share that. The Employee Spotlight ECNL style on Jacob Bourne. Thanks for being on Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. Thank you so much, Dean. What a great show today. Creative ideation with Jason Cutney, Andrea Wheeler, Daryl Russell. They mentioned Jacob Bourne, so we put the employee spotlight on Jacob Bourne as well. I want to thank all the great folks at the ECNL. I also want to thank our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke saying we'll see you in two weeks for another edition of Breaking the Line.
Nine, the ECNL podcast. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast. For more information on the ECNL, visit us at www.theecnl.com. And if you have a suggestion for the show or a great idea for a guest, please email us at info at theecnl.com. Breaking the Line, the ECNL podcast is an ECNL production. ECNL, more than a league.